this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Uh, we learned, though, in Fight Club that we fight from victory, not fight for victory. We fight from victory, from a position of victory. We're not trying to get victory. Jesus has already won the victory, but we're fighting from a position of victory. Jesus took all authority in heaven. We read about that in Matthew chapter 18, or 28. And on earth, and he, and he was seated far above all principalities, powers, might, and demand. Jesus is not concerned about his position over the enemy. And then it says over in the book of Ephesians 2, which we read about, um, several times that he's made us alive together with Christ and we're seated in Christ Jesus. So if we're in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus is far above the enemy, then guess where we are? We're far above the enemy too, right? We're, he's put all things under his feet and feet are part of the body and we're part of the body of Christ. Isn't that right? So even if you feel like the little toenail on the little toe, you're still above the enemy, right? So we don't have to say, I'm fighting the enemy. Like, no, Jesus has already defeated the enemy. We do have to take a stand, but we're fighting from a place of victory, not for victory. I want us to read out of the book of Matthew chapter 16, if you found that now, verse 18, go down to verse 18. And Jesus said this, he said, I also tell you, he was talking to Peter after Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, good job, Peter, <laughs> you heard right. And then here's what he said in verse 18, Matthew 6, 8, 16, 18. Read it out loud and read it with me if you would. It says, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want you to notice he said the gates of Hades will not prevail against this, against what's been given to you. And whatever you bind, notice he didn't say whatever I bind, it's whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. And he talked about heaven and he talked about earth. Whatever you uh, bind on earth, that's where we live, right, will be bound in heaven, on earth, in heaven. The same really basic verse we see in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Then over in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, that's the second text I asked you to turn to. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. It says this. Read this with me if you would. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Where? In the heavenly places. Read those last four words. In the heavenly places. So though we think we're fighting on earth, who are we really wrestling against? We're wrestling against hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. In the New Century Version, I'll, I'll read this to you. You don't have to read with me. It says, our fight is not against people. <laughs> some, of you, some of you just need to know that this morning. You may say, my fight's against my my neighbor or my old friend or the person in my family who talked bad about me or this person who hurt me or I'm mad at the No, no, that, they're not your fight. Amen. Your fight, he says, our fight is not against people on earth. I said, your fight is not against people on earth. But he says, but against rulers and authorities and powers 
of this world's darkness against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. See, it's important for us to know this because if we don't understand this, then we'll get our eyes on people and think that people are our problem. When it's not, there's heavenly, there's, there's things in the spirit that are the issues, not the people. Lord, we pray today that you'd open our eyes to understand that the things that we're fighting against and facing in our world, they have far less to do with the things we can see. (laughs) And Lord, they need to be taken care of with the things we can't see in the spirit. And we thank you that you have authority and we have authority in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Now, do you know what the word streetwise means? Streetwise. When you say someone's streetwise, right? Streetwise means it's kind of like they just know their their place. They know their belongings. They know whether places where they're welcome or where they're not. Places of a welcome place or a dangerous place, right? They know, uh, uh, they're aware of their surroundings. I I was raised in Southern California, and and I was uh, raised as a kid in Long Beach. And uh, I went to high school at, uh, in the city of La Puente, and, uh, and I was a minority in high school. I was raised around culture. I was raised around diversity. I was raised around to where I didn't go to white, 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 okay? I was just around, uh, yeah, everybody. In fact, some people will come up to me and they'll say, where were you raised? <laughs> like, you're not your typical white guy, you know what I mean? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against white people. I'm white, okay? <laughs> you can see that. Like, I'm not anti that or anything. What I, but what I am saying is I was just raised around a lot of culture. I love different kinds of music. I love different kinds of food, you could tell. I, don't laugh too much. Someone said this morning, I look like Mr. Roger. That's culture, okay, this morning. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. But see, some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Mr. Mr. Who? Forget it. But I was raised around a lot of culture, a lot of different people, a lot of different. But what, one of the things it does is it helps you love people and different things. So I've tasted all kinds of food, Asian food, uh, all kind of Hispanic food and, and Latino food and, and, uh, and, and, I mean, ethnic food all from all over. I, people have spoonful, oh, baby child, you need to try this. You need to try this. And, I mean, I've prayed. Or, hold on. Lord, I pray over this right now. I'm not sure what's going into my mouth. But I love you, so I'm going to try this because this is part of culture. The music and the culture and the food and the, uh, the, the friendships and the love and the hugs. Some people are uh, huggers. And I'm just, you know, I just like to love. I love everybody. That's just the way I am. But another thing that it helps you when you're around that is it helps you to be streetwise. It helps you to understand your environment, to know places you're welcome and places that you're not. You know what I mean? Where you ever walk into a place and you just say like, uh, I'll, <laughs> I think I better just be quiet and look around a little bit in here, you know? And other places you just walk in, you know, you know, and you see some people on the opposite side that they walk in and they're just like, ah, and you just go, that person needs to, <laughs> they need to look around a little bit. Because they don't understand, they're, they're not streetwise. Why am I talking about streetwise? Because we need to be spiritually wise. That some people do that with the spirit, is they just walk into situations and just go, oh, I'll just take care of that, because this is the way, and they're used to fighting it out with their attitude, with their flesh, with their words, with this, with that, and they don't understand why they can't beat devils with their same old way that they do things. Listen, you can't fight spiritual things in the flesh. You can't. 
You can't beat spiritual things in a fleshly way. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle spiritually. You need to have a sense of spiritual things. Our fight is not on earth. Church, our fight is not on earth. Our fight's in heaven, in, in the heavenly places. We're not wrestling people on earth, but we're wrestling beings in the heavenly places. Now, some of you say, uh, beings? What do you mean? You mean? Are you talking about like zombies? Are you talking about like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about some of those things? I'm talking about there are actual demons, spirits. There are things that fight against, you believe in that? Uh-huh. You don't? You don't? <laughs> even, even the people in the world who don't believe in God believe in that. Look at all the movies and look at all the things that are going on. Look at all the things that, that would say, you know, people, I've had a number of people tell me this place, this, this church, before it was Memphis Tabernacle, was haunted. People would come and say, are you, are you, are you guys going to buy that? It's haunted. I said, with what? With spirits. Oh, we'll get them out. <laughs> One of the things, spirits hate worship. Spirits hate, I said, spirits hate worship. And when you start worshiping the Lord, what happens? Right? Let God arise and let his enemies be, right? Come on, let his enemies be scattered. Yeah. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will stick around. No, he'll flee from you. See, he doesn't like when God is worshiped. So what happened? Well, the first couple weeks we were in here, I'll tell you, I personally walked around this place in every room, took some anointing oil, and I anointed every single room. I worshiped in every single room. I said, any spirits who think you have rule over this house in Jesus' name, no, this is a tabernacle of worship. This is a house of God. And I'm telling you, I can walk in here at midnight. There's no spirits that, that hang around here. And if they do, they're not going to stay around here very long. Why? Because I'm aware. I'm streetwise. But this is God's house. Somebody say amen. So we need to be spirit-wise. Somebody say spirit-wise. When your family... Your homes, I'm telling you, it's happened with my home, and it does happen here and there. All havoc starts happening. Confusion starts happening at your house. Sickness starts breaking out at your house. You think that's just you? You think that's just a virus going around? No, there's stuff behind it. There's just confusion in your workplace. You walk into a workplace, and all of a sudden, the environment's changed. You don't understand what's going on. It's... I'm not saying every single thing that there's a, there's a demon under every rock. And, oh, there's a demon right there. There's not a demon right there. No, I'm not talking about being freakish, freak about it. I'm talking about, but if, if, we're not fighting against people. We're fighting against spiritual things that are influencing our, the natural things that we see. So Matthew 16 and 18 said, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Well, are there things in heaven that need to be bound? I mean, I, I, you know, I wonder... I thought heaven was like peaceful. What do you mean bind in heaven? Well, Ephesians 6 says there's principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, not on earth. What do they mean heavenly places? Heavenly places. Is there war going on in heaven? I thought when we go to heaven, things were going to be peaceful. Well, let me tell you, uh, let me explain things, something to you right now. You might want to take a pen. There's four levels of opposition in heavenly places. There's four levels of opposition in heavenly places that he points out here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Okay? Number one, he says principalities. What are principalities? I, I believe he goes from the, the lowest rank all the way up to the highest rank. He says principalities, powers, 
rulers, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We fight against the, the lowest three, principalities, powers, rulers, and then the spiritual hosts of wickedness is this other realm. The principalities are really, they're, they're demons, they're, they're spirits that just do what they're told. They're just kind of the low level. Do, they do what they're told. The powers, the powers, they actually have power. They receive instruction. They may not have all the authority or the rulers, but they're the powers. They have instruction, and they have power, and they carry out different things. And then the rulers of the darkness of this age, well, this is the highest level that we really have to deal with. They're rulers. Just like we have uh, presidents, mayors, judges, uh, authorities, uh, uh, law enforcement, there's powers. They have authority. These are powers that have been set up in regions, in places, over in areas that we are, and they're actually rulers. Just like we have rulers, there are rulers in the spirit that are set up. Spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. No, notice not on earth. Now, the Bible speaks of three heavens. The Bible speaks of three heavens, okay? Uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians, I want you to know where this is because if you ever hear someone come up and teach you something and they're just saying, here's what I believe, I, first of all, I want to say, I don't care what you believe. I want to know what the word of God says, right? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. If it's not in the word of God, then how can we believe it, right? So I want to show you where this is. Jot this down, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. Paul said, I know a man in Christ. Most scholars would agree that, that he's talking about himself. He's talking about Paul. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such as was caught up uh, to the third heaven. Okay? He says, and I know such a man, whether in the, body I don't, uh, in the body or out of the body I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise. And heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. So Paul says, I was caught up into the third heaven. Well, if he's talking about a third heaven, I guess we would assume that there would be a first heaven and a second heaven, right? He wouldn't just say, there's a 14th heaven. No, there would be some other heavens that would precede that. The second heaven is real. The first heaven is really this. The first heaven is right out above us. It's the, it's the atmosphere that we see right out above us, okay? That, that's the first heaven. It's right out above us. It's our atmosphere. It's what we call our atmosphere. The second heaven is what's beyond that. It's out beyond our atmosphere. It's the space. It's the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, planets, stellar heavens that are out there. That would be the second heaven. And then the third heaven would be the heaven of heavens. That's where God is enthroned, okay? That's where we're going to spend eternity uh, you know, when we say we're going, we're going to be able to go to heaven, right? Right? We're not talking about we're going to go up to, uh, and hang out on Jupiter or on moon, on the moon or, or on Pluto or something. No, we're going to go to the heaven of heavens. He's talking about the third heaven. That's where he said paradise. Jesus was on the cross, remember, in Luke chapter 23 and uh, verse 43. And remember, he said to the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. He was talking about that third heaven. He was saying the heaven of heavens, okay? Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, Paul said how he was caught up into paradise and he heard inexpressible words we just read about. He said, which is not lawful for man to utter. He was caught up into this third heaven, into paradise. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, it says, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. What is he talking about? He's talking about this third heaven. 
Jesus is right now, Jesus is at the right hand of God. Jesus is preparing a place for us. Do you remember where he said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 2? He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I wouldn't tell you. So I go to prepare a place for you. He said, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Believers will go to heaven when they die. That's why it's important for you to know that you know that you know that you know that Jesus is the Lord of your life. The most important decision of your life is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I think one of the, 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 the not smartest or the dumbest things a person could ever do is hear the gospel and not receive Jesus and spend eternity outside of heaven in hell. See, um, and, and there's some people, there's even some teaching that's been going around recently that says, well, there is no hell because there's a few things. And I'll teach on that at some point. It's not going to be in the next couple of weeks. Okay? But, uh, but believers will go to heaven when they die. It's important for us to make that decision. In the book of Philippians chapter 21, it says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Down in verse 23, he goes on and says, for I am hard pressed between the two having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Where is he talking about? He's talking about with Christ in heaven, in this third heaven, in paradise. That's where we are all going to spend eternity. That's not where our fight is. Satan is not fighting in this third heaven. So when he talks about sometimes the heavenlies or the heaven, you know, we can, we can say, I'm not really sure what he's talking about. He's not talking about that. He's talking about this first or second. The heavenly places is a, is a domain the domain of principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, there, there, um, there is people, personalities, and life that are here on earth. We're sitting by them. We know them, that we work with, that we're with every day, that we're dealing with day to day. We deal with people day to day. But there are spiritual entities and forces which rule in heavenly places day to day said, we're dealing with people day to day, flesh and blood. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? And that's why, you know, you read the, these things or you, uh, you read these books, how to win friends and influence people and do this. And you have these methods and this and that. But you realize, yeah, there's some things that can work, but there's other things that are demonically controlled. Sometimes we can get into this and say, we're going to change the, the divide that's in this city, the racial divide, the religious divide, the this divide, with our laws and our politics and our marching and our doing this. I'm not saying, I'm not say, I'm not saying that I'm against protests, and I'm not saying that I'm against this and that, because I believe that there are times where people do stand up for what they believe. I, I know that. But what I'm saying is if we think that we're going to solve spiritual spiritually birthed things in the natural we have something coming it's not going to work we have to take care of spiritual things in the spirit amen that's why it's important to pray somebody say amen today there's spiritual entities and forces which rule in heavenly places so what does that mean it means that there's two kingdoms that are cooperating at the same time there's a kingdom here on earth we think that it's just our political kingdom or it's just our, the way that the enforcement, law enforcement or whatever it is that are set up here. And then there's a, there's a whole spiritual kingdom. There's two kingdoms that are coinciding, that are cooperating together. There's a double kingdom. There's a war that goes on in the heavenly kingdom every day. And there's wars that go on in the earthly kingdom every day. So church, we need to be spirit wise. Somebody say spirit wise. 
When you're facing a situation, don't think it's just that situation. Just like if you were streetwise, you wouldn't walk up and take things for face, at face value. You would walk up and say, huh, there's something deeper going on here. Huh, there's something more. I know this person just talked to me, but there's something more behind this. There's, there's other people that are behind what's going on right here. See, we can do that on the natural streetwise, but we need to be spiritwise. We need to know that the things we're facing are not just the things we're facing. There are things that are assigned against you spiritually that we need to take care of. I'm going to give you two examples of this in the Bible. Number one's with Ezekiel. Number two's with Daniel. In the book of Ezekiel, in the book of Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 2, it says, Son of man, Ezekiel 28, verse 2, it says, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre. Would you say prince of Tyre? It says, Say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am a God, I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man. Can you say you are a man? The prince of Tyre is a man. You can see that, right? Just, just reading it simple. Yet you are a man and not a god, though you set your heart as the heart of a god. So the prince of Tyre is a man who's lifted up in pride. Then we go down in uh, Ezekiel chapter 28 and we go down to verse 12. And it says, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. Say king of Tyre different than the prince of Tyre. The prince of Tyre is a man, right, who was lifted up with pride. The king of Tyre, he says, and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden. What do you mean in Eden? This man wasn't in Eden. Eden was back at the beginning. Well, he's talking about Lucifer, right? He says, you were in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone was your covering in Sardis, the topaz, diamond, uh, beryl, Onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, emerald, gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and your pipes were prepared before you. Well, what is he talking about? He's not talking about a physical being. He's talking about a spiritual being. And he calls him the king, and he's saying, and you're the prince. See, king, there, there are spiritual entities that control persons and personalities here on earth. And you think it's just that that person's wicked. Yeah, they are wicked. They're filled with wickedness. And behind their wickedness, there is someone that's controlling them. So what do you do? Do you fight against them? No, it's not going to help. You fight against the spirit that's controlling them. See, if we don't understand this, your families will go to pot. If you don't understand this, you and your marriage will go to pot. If you don't understand this, your neighborhood and your work environment. And we'll just say, well, I guess it was the Lord's will. Heck no, it wasn't the Lord's will. If it's the Lord's will, it will happen. No, that's not true. Well, I guess if it's the Lord's will, I guess it'll just happen. That's not true. That's a lie. Everything that that, that, that's the Lord's will doesn't just happen. If it did, everyone would be saved because the Bible says he's not willing that any, any should perish. Right? People, ultimately, we understand. Ultimately, God has a big plan and his will is going to happen. But I'm talking about day to day, he gives humanity decisions. And, and they come and they will make decisions and have a will of their own, some would say. But we need to fight against those spirits. If you have a wayward child, don't just get mad at them, cuss them out, and hang up on them and say, I'm tired of dealing with you. No, come against the spirit that's coming against their life. Say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit that's coming against their life, and I call them back to serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Somebody says, well, I don't believe in it. Well, then try how it, whatever you're doing and see how it works. I'm just kidding. I don't want you to try it. This is the way it works. 
There are spirits behind. He's referring here in Ezekiel 28 to Lucifer. He's a man, the prince of Tyre. The prince of Tyre wasn't in Eden. Uh, it's a double kingdom, a natural one on earth, ruled by men, dominated by a spirit of wickedness in the heavenly place. The second example was in Daniel, the book of Daniel. Remember Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den? He was a guy who, uh, who prayed, and the lions, you know, it was thrown in the lion's den, and the, the lion, they shut the mouth of the lions. Well, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. See, Daniel put himself on a 21-day fast, which, by the way, we're going to start on January the 10th as a church. We're going to have 21 days of fasting and prayer. And I'm telling you, if you want spiritual breakthroughs, mark your calendar, and you will see spiritual breakthroughs. We say it every time. But he, he, uh, he said, from day one of your 21-day fast, from day one, he said, I heard your words, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood stood me 21 days. I want you to notice what's interesting. He said, I came because of your words. There was a message that I was trying to get to you, but there was something spiritually that withstood me, and it withstood me for 21 days. And it said, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone uh, there with the kings of Persia. The prince of Persia, the prince of Persia, is a wicked ruler in the heavenly places who withstood the angel of God to prevent him from getting through to Daniel getting this message through to God to Daniel I know what happens is every one of us at times in our life are praying for spiritual answers do you know what I mean and you say I'm gonna pray I'm gonna fast and pray well maybe God just doesn't want me to understand that no listen it's not God that's holding back the answer you fight the enemy as well sometimes God doesn't it's not time you understand? Because sometimes if God told it to you, you'd just stop everything you're doing and go do it. And God's like, no, I want you to finish what you're doing now. Right? So I'm not saying it's all the devil. But I'm saying there's times where it's resistance in the spiritual world. And you need to say, I, I feel like I'm coming up against something that's deeper than what I'm dealing with right now. Anybody ever face that or is that just me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm coming up against something deeper than I'm just dealing with right now. You know what he's saying? For 21 days... I had to deal with this, but then Michael stood up and kind of broke it through. The angel came with an answer on, on day one, but this, uh, this prince of Persia held it back. This was a battle in the spiritual realm. This wasn't man battling man. This was in the spirit. I want you to notice the heavenly kingdom was called the kingdom of Persia too. Notice that. The heavenly kingdom, the earthly kingdom was called Persia, but the heavenly kingdom was called the kingdom of Persia too. See, there's a city of Memphis, but there's, a, 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 there, there's a, a Memphis in the heavenlies, too, that, that are fighting. Sometimes we just think, oh, we're dealing with this, and then there's just kind of these clouds that pass over. No, no, there's assignments that are over different areas that are dealing to take people down, things down, families down, units down, businesses down, godly heritages down, churches down. It was, the, the heavenly kingdom was also called the, uh, the kingdom of Persia. Ruled by a wicked spirit called the prince of Persia. There was a physical earthly leader who was in place who was dominated by a spiritual leader who was in place. 
See, the, the spiritual always looks for the leadership, the leadership that's set up by men, why men were given authority. So, so spirits come and they look at the authority and structures of men, and there are spiritual structures that are set up around the structures of men, and they try to dominate and influence. We think that it's just the leader that you're like, why in the world are they making that decision? That's not like them. Well, no, because it's not like them. They're influenced by something that's larger. So what do you need to do? You need to pray, not sit there and complain about them. Because I think what I've seen is we complain and complain and complain. And I've gone to the Lord sometimes and I've said, Lord, what in the world? And the Lord said, because people complain more than they do pray. I said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Post on Facebook how bad they are. But in everything, go tell what they should be doing and they should be doing. What, but in, see, because people think that's where their fight is. Are you spending as much time in prayer? I'm talking about prayer. Praying for leaders, praying for th these, these, these people to be released from this mess that's going on. Pray the will of God. Somebody say, pray the will of God. See, this scripture is referring to a being in the heavenlies that ruled a region on the earth through men who yielded to him. He didn't want the message to get out to Daniel and reveal the purpose of God for the future. The enemy does not want the message to get through and reveal the purpose of God. So we see wicked spirits who dominate earthly kingdoms and earthly governments. Today, it even says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that Satan, the, the God of this world, blinds people's eyes. Why? Because he don't, doesn't want them to catch the will of God in their lives. So what did God did he do? He sent reinforcement. He sent Michael to help. There are cities and strongholds throughout history. I'm going to name a few in history. Uh, in ancient times, the word Babylon, we've heard the word Babylon. It literally means the gate of the gods. Babylon does. It's a, a, it was a leading center of politics, education, and religion. But God saw it as a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit. In fact, in the book of Revelation chapter 17, God called Babylon the mother of harlots. Why? Because God's not just looking in the natural. God's not concerned about the humans alone. God is, is seeing the spiritual world. Sodom and, Go, Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, Abraham stood up for Sodom and Gomorrah and said, if there's 50 righteous, if there's 40 righteous, if there's 20 righteous, if there's 10 there was no righteous people left in Sodom and Gomorrah. There was no righteous people left in Sodom and Gomorrah. Think of the spiritual state. Think of the influence. Think of who was being controlled in that state because there was no righteous people. Nineveh was known as a mistress of sorceries in the book of Nahum, chapter 3, verse 4. Ephesus was known for her goddess Artemis. Jerusalem was known for stoning its prophets rather than pure teaching and worship. Pergamum was known for this, uh, as the seed of Satan in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, and verse 13. Today, we see cities. You know, you hear of uh, Sin City. What city is that? Las Vegas. Sin City, right? It's a city of uh, greed and gambling. We hear of uh, uh, Chicago, right? It's a city of mob and violence. We hear of San Francisco. Open, even militant sexuality. And it's been like that for years. This isn't just the, the latest. For years. Over in Haiti, 
where my mother-in-law and father-in-law served as missionaries for a number of years. There's voodoo and the occult. And you know that when you go there, it's not just people you're talking to. There are spiritual influences that are over that. And you see of the disaster and the disaster. And just this year, the assassination of the president. And then you see another disaster go on. There are assignments that are on that place. New Orleans, the occult and spirits related to Mardi Gras. When you walk through that city, I was there not too long ago, and you walk through that city, and you feel it. Salt Lake City, you know, with the Latter-day Saints. You walk in, and you wonder, well, is that just a nice resort for... No, 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 there's spiritual things that go on there. The city of Memphis, we talk about poverty and violence and oppression. But let me tell you, that's not just man's doing. It's man's allowing. But there are assignments in the spirit. And we need to stay awake of the spiritual assignments. This is not just a coincidence. It's strategic. It's spiritual. There are rulers, it says in Ephesians 6, rulers of the darkness. Say the word rulers. Rulers means they have charge, they have authority, they're making decisions. They're making decisions with other demons and other spirits, and they're saying, I want you to do this. Go here. Today your assignment is here. They're ruling things. They're ruling things at schools. They're ruling things at universities. They're setting up just like we've set up things. They set up. They're strategic about it. Rulers of the darkness. Rulers are decision makers. They're not just demons coming against society. Rulers oversee their powers, force, oversees principalities, agents of evil. Rulers of the darkness, they rule those who are unsaved. Let me tell you, people who are unsaved are vulnerable and they're ruled by darkness. I know that's a big statement and I know people would say, oh, that, that sounds crazy. No, it's true because that, that's who the, the there, there's, there's only two worlds out here. There's the world of darkness and light. And the rulers, those who are unsaved, are ruled by the powers of darkness. Those who yield themselves to the world are ruled and motivated by these spirits. I know you hear some people that would say, why did this happen? And they go, I don't really know why I did that. I don't know why. So, or, or I've heard you know, someone say, oh, they were up on a bridge and they just had something that said, jump off. And they said, whoa, how did they, what, what happened? Who was that? Was that the Lord? Was that their own mind? No, their own mind wouldn't think that. They have plans for their life. No, there, there, are, there are demonic influences. Some people will say, hey, see that person right there that cut you off? They don't deserve to live. Go kill them. Shoot them. Stab them. Take them out. Do it covertly so no one will know. They deserve it anyway. Someone cut you off. Run them off the road. Run them off the road. And you sit there and you just think it's your anger or your temper. No, it's, it's rulers of the darkness of this world. How do you get control from under that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it home with this. And listen, I want you to listen because I believe that with every one of us, the Lord wants us to not be under any rule or under control. of the. How do you get control? Well, first of all, don't walk in darkness. Horror films. Hollow, that's why Halloween and all the darkness and the, the death and the skulls and the this and the that, that we all think, oh, it's just fun and games and art and this and that. Well, but the influence behind it. Don't touch 
Don't, don't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Don't, in fact, the Bible says in Ephesians, says, it's shameful to even mention those things which are done by them in secret. Why? We just don't touch them. Why? Because we're children of light. That's who we are. Let me read to you a, a few scriptures before we close here. Nate, you can come up. Listen, let me just read to you, and I want you to open up your hearts. Listen, not just your heads. Open up your hearts and receive this today. John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John 12, verse 35, it says, Then Jesus said unto them, A little while longer the light is with you. Notice what he called himself. While you have light, he says, Well, a little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. John 12, 46 says, I have come, open your heart to this, I have come as the light of the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Ephesians 5, 14 says, Therefore he who says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Come on, say, Christ will give you light. Romans 13, 12, it says, The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I want you to notice, remember the armor of God? This, he calls it here the armor of light. Isn't that good? The armor of light. Put on the armor of light. Why? It repels darkness. You want to get light out? You want to get darkness out of the room? Turn on the light, right? It repels. You put on the armor of light, what does it do? It repels darkness right? I'm facing darkness. Put on the armor of light. What'll happen? You walk into the room and you light up the room. <laughs> Second Corinthians six fourteen says, listen, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? You get into covenant and relationships where you've made binding contracts with unbelievers, with darkness. Yeah, but they're good people, but they're darkness. Don't do it. Because when push comes to shove and you have a decision that needs to be made, your decision will be made based on what the Holy Spirit says. Their decision will be made based on what serves us the best. What did he say? He said, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Listen, if you're un unequally yoked together with unbelievers, break the yoke. Oh, no, by the way, I'm not saying get a divorce. I've had some people say, I was just waiting on that confirmation. No, no, no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not, if, if, you've, if you've signed a contract with somebody and you're in business with somebody, I'm not saying go against the law. What I am saying is come to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what to do about this. I need to get back into covenant with I need to stay in covenant with the light. And then 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. I'm going to read this last one. It says this. This is the message. Look at this with me. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. Say that with me. God is light. And in him is no darkness. Say no darkness. Oh, it's just a little darkness. In him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. Listen. If we say that we have fellowship with the light and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. But if we walk, read this last verse with me. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Demons have no authority in the light. Church, demons have no authority in the light. Now, why am I talking about this for Christmas? Because I want to make you happy. I want you to be, but here's the thing. God wants to free every person from darkness. <laughs> he wants to free every person from darkness. And right now we're talking about lights and we put lights around this room and lights at home and lights around the neighborhood. But listen, the biggest light we need is the light of the world, the light of Jesus. Come on, let's commit ourselves right now. If there's any darkness in your life right now, would you... Uh, Maybe there's something, maybe there's an object you own, or maybe there's something that you own that you just say, oh, I don't know if I should be with that. I need, just tell the Lord, Lord, I don't associate with darkness. Come on, open your hands as representation of your heart. Say, Lord, I don't associate with darkness, but God, I open my heart to the light of the world. Jesus, shine bright through me. Jesus, I open my heart. Shine from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Let me be the witness of Jesus Christ during this Christmas season. Lord, even as I invite people to church, and even as I invite people to know Jesus or pray for people, help me to shine Jesus into their lives. Help me to be the hands and feet of Jesus to them, I pray. And I thank you for it, Lord. Lord, and as we've submitted ourselves to you, according to the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7, you said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And I resist right now. Come on, agree with me. I resist every evil work, assignment, plan, strategy that has come against the people of God in this room today and that are watching today. In Jesus' name, stop desist in your maneuvers demons desist in your maneuvers back off in Jesus name you cannot touch the people of God you cannot touch our church you cannot touch the families of God you cannot touch our children you cannot touch our finances you cannot touch our assignment that we're called to you cannot touch the jobs and the, the tasks and the will of God for our lives in Jesus name we pray for the protection and the covering and the plan of God. We pray, Lord, over our families right now. I pray for every family represented here that they would be in the perfect will of God. Come on, pray that with me right now. I pray that our families would be in the perfect will of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. And I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. <laughs> thank you for it, Jesus. Demons have no authority in the light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I talked a couple of times about the gospel today and the power of making Jesus the Lord of your life. If today you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you, you say, today I want to come back and I want to make a fresh decision for Jesus or I've never made a commitment to Jesus and I want to, <laughs> I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be a child of the light. I don't want any part of this mess and darkness. Christians, pray with me right now. I'm going to count to three, and just on the count of three, I want you to just slip up your hand. Let me see who I'm praying for. I'm not going to ask you to come up to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to, I just want to know who I'm praying for today. Okay, ready? I just want to see one, two, three. Would you just slip up your hand right there? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There, thank you. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, anyone else? Just slip up your hand. This is the most important decision we could ever make. Just slip up your hand. Let me see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that the light of the world would shine, 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 shine over every person, over this city, over this neighborhood, over Cooper Young today. Shine over this city. Shine over Midtown, downtown. Shine over East Memphis, north, south, east, west, all over the city. Let the light of Jesus shine through every family, through every person. Shine today in Jesus' name. And we say it one more time. Jesus, let's all repeat one more time. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I confess with my mouth that you're my Lord. And I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And I believe from this day forward, I am a believer in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer team, would you come forward? Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.